Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Brothers and Sisters. We are here once again to bring you the treeest of the hillists, the wrestlingest of the federationists, and the pottest of the casts. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, that is. And you can find us, follow us, like us, and watch our TikTok videos and Instagram reels at treehillwf.podcast on both those services and you can also see the amalgamation of this show between tree hill and wrestling on all the streaming services you can listen and like Mm -hmm. on spotify google podcast Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Deezer, not Stitcher, as of. I think I found a date on that. What? August 28th. What? Stitcher is peacing the fuck out. August 28th. So they're not even resting in peace. Rest in peace yet. Hang on. I'll find the email. (laughs) Yes, I am. August 29th. Nice. Stitcher will discontinue services effective August 29th, 2023. So you can listen to us on Stitcher until that date. Interesting. Okay, then. Peace out, bitches. Poor Stitcher. Yes, I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. And guess what, guys? What? Why? I have my normal phone back and I have 52% battery life and I'm not going to have my phone die in the middle of recording. No one cares about your phone. April 14th. (laughs) So stressed me out last week. Okay. Tears for years, brother. So we're making a little audible here for this week just because this next episode the april 14th episode of monday night raw which emanated from half in america half in south africa yeah i didn't even watch this shit sean kind of cape did town or johannesburg notes. or wherever it came from either way uh it's known as one of the worst raws of all time just because they had a ton of audio difficulties even had a disclaimer before the episode on the (laughs) wwe network saying like hey it's uh, presented in its original form but it's fucking shitty so you may not want to watch it so we decided bros (laughs) exactly so we decided that hey i'm gonna just skim through this give you a little cliff notes for the episode that i watch and we're gonna go right into the 420 pay-per-view high stakes better known as revenge of the taker april 20th 1997 but this half usa half sa south africa episode started with the godwins and the legion of doom they had a tag match spiky dino bros Mm -hmm. your favorite they had a tag match that owen and bulldog interfered bulldog hit animal with the 
fucking belt and with the tag belt and the legion of doom took the pinfall yeah hang on of course shut the fuck up (laughs) of course bret hart gets involved with my favorites and now tassel boots is cheating I mean, Tassel Boots interfering. Is, Tassel Boots has cheated many times on the Trio Wrestling Federation podcast. He's, Apparently, I had blinders for that. Yeah, he is Bay, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> he had those uh, Tassel Boots colored glasses on. He cheated, and the Godwins actually beat LOD by pinfall. Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley had a match with Double J. The first match actually being in the U.S. The second match with Triple H and Double J being in South Africa. That's when the commentary was kind of not exactly working, half working, kind of going on and off. Honky Tonk Man was on commentary with Jim Ross in South Africa. Well, good so, thing it wasn't working. Kind of nice that half the time the commentary wasn't working all that well. Honky Tonk Man distracted Double J and it led to a pedigree win for trips. Honky Tonk Man also had a promo post-match saying that his new clone or protege will be on pay-per-view on high stakes for 20 pay-per-view against Double J. We also had Rocky Maivia in a non-title match against Savio Vega from The Nation. Get your fucking no, fist I down. I put it down. <laughs> Savio held the tights and got the roll-up win once again in South Africa. Because he cheated. So he cheated because he's a Nation member. And of, of course, course he fucking cheated. Of course. But after getting, although tainted, a win over Rocky... It got him an actual Intercontinental title match at the pay-per-view on 420. It ended with the nation coming in and whipping the shit out of Rocky. A bunch of them. First appearance of Farouk since WrestleMania. But then Ahmed Johnson came in with the 2 by 4 Of course he did. Of course. Ahmed Johnson, 2 by 4 made the save. And this is when Farouk, this is kind of something to go over. We'll get to this at the end of this episode. Some big shit coming here. Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the States had a promo. It wasn't a hell of a promo, but it was good enough where he said he's going to beat the shit out of Bret Hart at high stakes. Gold Dust had a match with the Sultan in South Africa, which ended in a DQ because Trips and China just came in and beat the shit out of Gold Dust, and Sultan joined in as well too. Fucking and of you course. could and you could totally see why we skipped over this event. Mankind Invader had a tag team match against the Headbangers, and Mosh spit in Mankind's eyes, Ew. which caused a DQ. <laughs> and mankind was blinded like Undertaker was with the fire in the eyes and in his blind rage not being able to see he mandible clawed his own partner Vader <laughs> oh, fuck yeah and then the main event in South Africa was Ahmed Johnson versus Crush and Ahmed with the big win over the nation member one two three clean roll up in the middle of the ring but then Farouk came in after post-match and issued the challenge he says Ahmed Johnson you gotta beat me you gotta beat Savio and you gotta beat Crush all of us in one night and if you can do that we will abolish the nation of domination holy shit that's something that is near and dear to your heart that Ahmed could actually get rid of the fucking nation like they're stricken they're done gone if he can win this match I am stoked Aaron for that to happen Aaron approves 
But what we're really here for is this pay-per-view emanating from Rochester, New York. It's April 20th, 420 in your house. You say emanating a lot. Emanating because it's a great word. It's much like (laughs) amalgamating and it's emanating. That's where this show comes from. It emanates from Rochester, New York. And it is 420, April 20th, 1997. It's in your house. Hi. Stakes, otherwise known as Revenge of the Taker. How do you Uh feel about this one? Legion of Doom against Owen and Bulldog. How do you feel about all this just conflict, inner conflict and turmoil that you have because Owen and Bulldog, 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 whoever, (laughs) Owen and Bulldog, you love them, but love them. they have joined forces with the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, and you know it, Brett, the quit man. Hart. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that in there. <laughs> Brett, the quit man, Hart. And they're using his fucking music. I'm pissed about that. So now that they have joined, like Brett has basically been like oh you guys like we gotta stop fighting with each other join me they've joined him and now they have to use his music that's fucking bullshit it's all about the brotherly love just like nathan and lucas they have put aside their differences it is all about the brotherly love same with brett nolan and bulldog they had their differences they had their fights they had their quarrels and now they have to use brett's music Brett's not wrestling in this match. Yeah, it was a little weird to hear that Brett's music and Rule Britannia didn't play like it always does for Bulldog and Owen, and now they're using Brett's music. I don't know how often they use Brett's music going forward, but if this is a sign to things to come, where's Rule Britannia? If it's, if it's not going to be Tassel Boots music, then use Owen's music. I love Owen's music. It's a banger. It's like, awesome. That would make more sense. He is in the match. But I guess maybe Brett's music is also now the Heart Foundation's oh, music. Fuck off with this shit. I mean, they are guests in America. You should be treating them with respect in America. They're guests of that country. They're better. They're more amazing. They're Canadian. They're better than you. And you know it, dude. I'm Canadian. I'm better. <laughs> Not better than the hitman, Brett Hart. He just pisses me off so much. Well aware. Can we move on? (laughs) So apparently Stokel Steve Austin, he's showing up late for this pay-per-view. They show a backstage thing during this match that Austin is just coming to the building now after the show has already started. And Pat Patterson is there, one of the Stooges, one of Vince McMahon's closest friends and very high up in the company backstage. Pat Patterson, he's a legend. He was the first okay. ever Intercontinental Champion. Okay. But he's backstage. I The reason why I talk about this is because he becomes a character later on. Okay. So Pat sees Austin. He's asking where Austin's been. Why are you so late to this pay-per-view? And of course, don't call Steve Austin. I was changing a tie, you silly jackass. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, he was driving his truck to the arena, I guess. And he had a flat tire. Much like he had to take a shit in that one episode. <laughs> <of Monday Night laughs> he had a little bit of a delay going on. But this match, 
good back and forth match and then LOD really started to take over and you were worried because it looked like and you even predicted going into this match that it was about time that Owen and Bulldog lost the tag titles. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? That Owen and Bulldog have been champs literally since we have started this podcast and even before we started this podcast they were already champs. Yeah. Now their titles are in jeopardy. How do you feel about a THWF without Owen and Bulldog as the tag champs. I mean, that's going to be sad. But at the same time, they're under Brett. Brett's a fucking belt hog at this point. <laughs> He's got fucking the European title under him with tassel boots. Two slammies. He's got two slammies. He's got the tag team champions under his heart foundation go fuck yourself um <laughs> i just love your hate for the heart foundation he just he pisses me off so much and he's just collecting at this point and he's it's a belt like, collector can you not can you just so in a way it's like it's about time for them to lose it do you feel like owen and bulldog are kind of guilty by association though tassel boots still has my heart your heart he has your foundation oh fuck off (laughs) but like you know how sometimes like you annoy the shit out of me yeah i still love the shit out of you yeah and vice versa but can you fuck off down the street for a little bit and leave me the fuck alone so you're telling bulldog also to fuck off down the street for a little bit because he's with brett hart now just wear the fucking short like tidy whities yeah, he show w- some thigh. He for was wearing once. he was wearing the long pants tonight. Tell your brother in law to go fuck himself, <laughs> and we'll be good. <laughs> so we get it's funny because when we were watching this pay per view, LOD uh, they had a power slam off the top rope to Bulldog. And why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> <laughs> what is so goddamn funny? Flip. What's he doing? Our son, Rikishi, wiggling his butt back and forth here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast (laughs) Studios, wiggling his little butt back and forth. Holy fuck, that was great. Back at the Broken Skull Ranch here, dude. (laughs) So, Bulldog gets pinned. Yeah. And Owen and Bulldog lose the tag team titles. And I actually had genuine shock here because I've seen this event before, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I was genuinely shocked because I did not ever remember the Legion of Doom actually winning the tag titles around this point. And you are a freak and have like this weird brain that you remember every fucking thing that has happened in wrestling for the last fucking million years. (laughs) Not everything. So... You were like... Almost everything. I looked at you and you just had this shocked look on your face. I was like, you know what happens. No, I forgot what happened. (laughs) Legion of Doom win the tag titles. Quotations. Win in quotations with the power slam off the top rope. But another referee comes out and says, hey, guess what? 
Bulldog wasn't actually the legal man. So they pinned the illegal man, which means this match continues. And Owen and Bulldog also have 10 seconds to answer before getting back in the ring. And if they don't, they'll be stripped of the titles. See, and that's the thing, too. They were already heading back to the dressing room. And they're like, what the heck? And then they're like, oh, yeah, mistake. They need to come back. And they're like, no, just give us our belt. Yeah, let's get counted out. And then they come up with the, oh, if you don't answer the Ted Cow, we're stripping you of the titles. Yeah. And here we go. They got to run their asses back into the fucking ring. And here we go. And they just make it, too. Like, he's hitting Yo, nine. Barely, yeah. He's hitting nine, and they're barely getting back to the ring. And finally, they get in there. I didn't even know they had started counting already. Yeah. Well, it sounded like the fans were, because they weren't showing the referee. But you can hear the fans mm. count along with the ref. And then they pan to the ref. And you see he's already at five. And they're only, like, halfway down the aisle. So they got to book it back to the ring. And they make it just in time. Yeah, barely. Doomsday device. The finish for LOD, and it looks like this shit is over once again. And they go for the pin, and for some reason, the referee is a little hesitant on making this pinfall for LOD to win this match just because here we are. Brett the Hitman Hart misses his cue by a few seconds. What a dumbass. His run in is a little delayed, and he gets in the ring, breaks up the count. And away we go. Disqualification win for LOD, but no titles. But the referee didn't count right away because Brett wasn't there in time. I know. I was like, <laughs> what is this ref waiting for? Like, Jesus. He's waiting fuck. for Brett to hit his cue, brother. <laughs> like, too bad, so missed. sad. You missed it. He missed it. So no titles for LOD, but a W in the record books for them. Unfortunately, as good and as legendary as the LOD and the Row Warriors have been in their career, they're definitely on or in the twilight of their career at this point. They don't really have much time left as like a top Not flight. Not dino bro. Top flight. Take. They'll be around for a while. It's okay. They'll be around for a bit. You'll get some good time with the LOD. What I'm saying right now, don't get too comfortable because they'll be featured for a while. And then, but if I'm pissed at Tassel Boots and Cutie Patootie right now, who else do you need? That's right. I said LOD will be around for a while, but there may be some other tag teams that come around that you appreciate a little bit more. The who fuck are you saying? Knows. I know. Sonny and Brian Pillman are Ew. backstage. Brian Pillman actually has only had a couple of appearances and only interview appearances, and they're pushing the 1-900 superstar line, which is 17.49 a minute in (laughs) Canada. Yeah, right. (laughs) Superstar lines very much dates this pay-per-view back to 97. Remember back when cell phones first became like a thing? Yeah. And you were billed by like the second? Oh my God, dude. My dad had a cell phone in like the late late ish 90s like 97 98 99 he had a cell phone Mm -hmm. and yeah dude he would be like okay (laughs) i can't talk on the phone very long because i'm getting bills for this and he had the evenings and weekends planned so he always (laughs) called me at night or on the weekend (laughs) yeah so you didn't have to talk what time the start was yeah exactly cut off was exactly you didn't want to talk five 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 that's a little bit later but we had the five five you could kind of talk to whenever you wanted which it that was a t-mobile thing i think that started out 
But yeah, back in the day, don't talk during daytime hours because that shit is fucking expensive. I had Fave 5 with Telus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I said it started as a T-Mobile yeah, thing, and it started to go everywhere else. But now you just get plans with unlimited minutes, unlimited everything, unlimited data, unlimited. Well, fucking... hang on, Whoa. hang on with the unlimited data. Okay, <laughs> they slow you down after a while, so you get twenty-five gigabytes of unlimited data. Unlimited being in quotation. 25 gigs isn't unlimited. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole fucking TikTok about this shit or a guy doing a comedy thing about this. Is, is this like something you do for work or something? Like, how are you so knowledgeable about this issue? I literally work for one of the main character or main, main characters, characters of cell phones. Main carriers in <laughs> Canada. Um, but... So once you hit your 25 gigabytes of unlimited Unlimited. data, they throttle your speed and slow you down. So it's like you can barely search a website and have it come up within five minutes. Like, come on. Um, But, you know, that's so they can get you to pay more so you can have 50 gigabytes of unlimited. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Fucking pay us. The future is expensive. Come on. Respect the power of... We are the nation of domination. Get your fucking fist down. How many times do I have to tell you? Yeah, we'll never put my fist down because we are saluting the nation <laughs> of domination as you try to throw, throw something at. oh and i caught it in midair dude and i have my fucking fist up Get high in the air because we are the nation lavender color don't diss the man or your bum rush your mother i need a paintball gun <laughs> did you say paintball gun because we just watched a king of the hill episode about paintballing no <laughs> ironic Savio Vega, after beating Rocky Maivia in South Africa in a non-title match by cheating. Hmm, who fucking figured out that one? Of course he would cheat. Of course. Of course. He's part of the nation. So for his cheating win over Rocky, now he gets a title match. <laughs> fucking loser. An IC title match. at All of them are fucking losers. Yeah, I like D'Lo. I don't. I love D'Lo. Because you don't even know he's D'Lo yet, but he's D'Lo and he's amazing. He's part of the nation. He's a fucking loser. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I can't spoil it, but it's going to be so good. Farouk is having mic issues, which is hilarious. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And I know you're in your fucking element here where Farouk can't talk because his mic isn't working. Uh, And then he's like going off about bullshit. Oh. He's such a fucking idiot. Good old fucking Farouk. Back and forth match here. Rocky Maivia not looking too bad. Most matches that he has uh, since becoming the Intercontinental Champion a couple months ago, he's been getting his ass kicked every single match. And Mm -hmm. no one cares when he comes out either. But he had a good back and forth tussle this time with old Savio. But then he hit one of his best laying the SmackDown DDTs. It was quite good. He's getting better. And then, holy shit, he hits the fucking rock bottom. 
puts the arm over his shoulder, over his neck, throws him up, brings him up, bam, down in the middle of the ring, the rock bottom. This would become the rock's finishing move later on. And this is the first time on television he ever uses it. This is a moment in time here, Rocky Maivia using not the rock bottom, but the rocky bottom or the pebble bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Quite a moment here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. And he gets thrown out of the ring. Savio tosses him through the middle rope. Go ahead. This pisses me off so much. (laughs) So he gets thrown out. He hits fucking crush. Face tattoo, motherfucker. <laughs> Jailbird. Forehead, ta- forehead tattoo. And then fucking Farouk is like, oh, you know, you can't say that he wasn't cheating here. He got out and fuck. Oh, my God. He's deserving what he gets now. It's like, fuck off. He was thrown out. And, of course, Jerry the King Lawler says, you know, he, he jumped at Crush. Oh <laughs> he attacked him from behind. These motherfuckers need to go and die. <laughs> and while he's on the outside, Crush hits Rocky with the heart punch. Bam, nails him. Then the referee, of course, being distracted by Savio, didn't see it, starts the count. And now we get another count out. I'm pissed. And Rocky loses the match, but he doesn't lose the title because you cannot lose the title on a count out. So technically, Crush cost Savio the Intercontinental title here. And fucking Rip Sleeves Nation bitch is pissed at fucking forehead tattoo. He's like, dude, you fucked this up for me. And much like Owen and Bulldog, now they start to tease some dissension in the nation. Good. The nation Good. of... Duh. The nation of dissension. But then uh, Farouk, who has a sling, apparently has a broken arm from WrestleMania, he gets in the ring, they throw a Rocky in the ring, and they get over their shit, and they just start fucking mauling him, whipping him fucking left, right, and center. Motherfuckers. Until who comes out? Thongnator runs out with his two-by-four and starts, like, threatening to beat the shit out of everyone. And not just his two-by-four. He's in his fucking jammies, dude. (laughs) Full. All on fucking jammy jams, pajama Ahmed Johnson comes to the ring with the two by four. He rips off that pajama shirt. Rips right off the quick. pajama shirt. Dude is fucking built like a brick shit house. We love this guy. <laughs> he is fucking awesome. But he gets on the mic, and you know it's going to be fucking fireworks. Yeah, I couldn't hear a fucking thing he said. <laughs> Pretty much. But <laughs> what he did say was, he points at Savio as like, this illegal immigrant. Oh, yeah, illegal immigrant. Crush this convict, and Farouk with your black ass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy, holy shit, dude. Shit. <laughs> he fucking goes off on the nation, and he accepts the challenge from Farouk. If I can beat all of you in one night, whether it be one after another or all at once. Oh, fuck. That's what I'm worried about. It will abolish the nation if he can do this. And that's the thing is that what is this going to be? Is this going to be a gauntlet match where he starts fighting one guy, beats him, then he faces the next guy, beats him, and then faces the next guy? So you have to start with like Savio, then Crush, then Farouk, and you have to beat them all in a row. You know what? That would be ideal instead of three on one. Three on one. 
it, they just maul him. But yeah. also, though, sometimes on handicap matches like that, they have tag rules. So two guys, like a tag match, would have to stand on the apron and only one man can be legal at a time. But I'd say the gauntlet match would probably be a little better for Ahmed because he would face each one one on one. And sure, he would probably. And he, it wouldn't be that one guy tags out if he's tired. No, no, that's it's just a straight one on one match. And if so he it wins, would make more sense. Exactly. Then the next guy comes out, but then he would have to fight basically three men, three matches in a row. Obviously, that's gonna be exhausting. Energy levels would. You know, his cardio for a guy that size, his cardio is probably not the greatest. I don't know how long of a match he can do one-on-one with one guy, let alone three in one night. But I guess we'll have to find out going forward what happens between the nation and Ahmed Pajama Jams Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Sable and Mark Merrow in the back. And they're talking about no one really cares. Mark Merrow hasn't been around a little while just because he has an injury. And he was around at the Slammies when Sonny was walking around with next to nothing on. Or Sable as well, walking around with next to nothing on. And they're going off about something and no one's really paying attention to anything. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin walks in the men's washroom. And all you hear is, sounds like gunshots. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. I was like, what is going on in there? I don't know, honestly, what was going on. All you hear is this crazy noise and just clanging and banging. And all of a sudden, the door opens and out walks Tassel Boots and Owen Hart. And Owen walks out all sneakily, sees the camera, <laughs> and runs off. Oh, my off. God. And they've got like, they had a pipe. tire iron. They had a tire iron or a pipe or something. Yeah, they had and something it was in bent. their hands. <laughs> and Each of them did, too. Yeah. And so sound, from the sounds of it, they jumped Stone Cold from behind in that men's washroom also a couple years down the road remember austin getting jumped in a washroom okay it's a little while away but we'll get to it eventually and be like holy shit how many times does stone cold steve austin have to get jumped in a washroom (laughs) so basically he's gonna get jumped in a washroom again at some point who knows when but you'll know when it happens Double J, Jesse James, he's spending his time working hard on the go with the hands on the clock. Keeps spinning too slow because I can't wait for Honky Tonks Man's clone to be my baby tonight. Double J, (laughs) no one cares about this Double J against Honky Tonk Man's protege. And who... Is it scissor bitch? It's fucking scissor bitch, but not just scissor bitch. It's fucking rockabilly. Okay, here's the thing that pisses me off about this. Yeah. So, two Monday Night Raws ago, didn't huh? Didn't he punch the shit out of out of honky tonk man? He did, but. If you heard Honky's promo before the match, Rockabilly comes out. They're about to start the match. And Honky Tonk says, yeah, well, I understood how intense and good this guy was. So I had to pursue him. And money talks. So obviously he paid off Scissor Bitch here to be his protege. And now Rockabilly, (laughs) Rockabilly Gun, he is the protege, the clone of Honky Tonk Man. 
and he's dancing around and he's having a good time and the crowd's going mild the entire time i don't think one fan cheered during this entire match no, no one cares but he does hit his famouser um, a move that he would use as his finisher later years awful fucking match and hilariously enough Rockabilly loses his first fucking match as this character. <laughs> Usually when a character debuts, they get a hot win. They're on a good street. Nope. Just for this fucking loses with an inside cradle. <laughs> and Rockabilly loses his first official match as this character. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Steve Austin's in the back here. And he's not doing too well after getting jumped by Owen and Bulldog in the men's washroom. Gorilla Monsoon, your My fucking grandpa. grandpa, Aaron's grandpa Peter over here. <laughs> he's backstage. Oh what if his? What if this dude's actual well, name first was name was Peter? Peter? That That'd would be, be so fucking weird. Be very apt. <laughs> you should Google that shit, dude. Aaron's uh I can't remember what Gorilla Monsoon's real first name was. I, have to, I don't I don't think Google. it was Peter though. Well we'll Google it. But Austin's back here with Gorilla Monsoon, Aaron's grandfather. And Austin's yeah, it's not pretty worse for the wear after getting jumped in the men's washroom. But now Gorilla Monsoon's actually showing a little bit of compassion for Stone Cold here. Stone Cold just starts going off talking about Brett's fat father stew. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna beat his ass just like he's gonna beat Bret Hart's ass. Oh my god. And now this is a pay-per-view called Revenge of the Taker. So wouldn't you think that the Undertaker would go on last on this show? You Probably. Think. Probably. But because of this attack backstage that Austin suffered, Gorilla Monsoon is going to show a little bit of compassion and put this match between Brett and Austin on last just to give Austin a little bit more time to recover after this attack. Nice job, Aaron's grandpa. That's nice. Not a nice guy. <laughs> I tell you, two guys who aren't very nice guys to each other is Undertaker and Mankind in this next world oh, championship fuck. match. And you know what? Out of all the matches we've seen in Owen and Bulldog and the great matches they've had in Austin and Brett and all that, honestly, I feel the two matches that you have been more invested in than any other are the two Undertaker and Mankind matches we have watched. Undertaker and Mankind at Survivor Series with Paul Bear, unfortunately not upside down in a cage above the ring. He should have been upside down. <laughs> Jesus. And now, but you're forgetting about the European title one. I know. That's why I mentioned Owen and Bulldog before. I'm mm -hmm. saying besides that, mm -hmm. these two matches, and especially this one between Taker and Mankind, both of us very invested and interested in what's going on in this match. Well, because you told me, remember, the, 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 remember one time when I was like... Ooh, does fucking white piece of dog shit get set on fire at some point? And you were like, uh, how did you yeah. fucking predict that? <laughs> I asked you, what is the worst thing that Undertaker could do to Paul Bear? And you said murder. And you would be right about that, too, because he does fucking murder. In later <laughs> years. But that's way past this arc, dude. But this one, I also asked that question again. What could Undertaker possibly do to Paul Bear? And you said set him on fire. And that is exactly what he did. You somehow predicted this months in advance mm -hmm. before this whole fire in the face angle with Mankind and Undertaker. But I digress. But it's funny 
because with all the stuff they were showing leading up to this, mm-hmm. all the stuff, it was like fire. Yeah. Fire, fire, fire. And I'm all like, this is it. The this fire. is it. This is why I'm so fucking invested is because I knew fire. White Piece of Dog Shit was going to get fire. Maybe you would have Undertaker has to fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. And in the pre-match interview that Mankind has with uh, Paul Bearer, <laughs> Doc Hendricks says to Paul Bear, you have a burning desire to get back with the Undertaker. And also Mankind says that Undertaker's screams will be music to his ear. <laughs> Not plural. Singular. Singular ear. Reason being, Mankind yeah. only has one ear. <laughs> Yes. We all know how that happened in 94 in Germany against Vader and WCW dude when he saw his own fucking ear lying on the mat in the middle of a match. And did he finish finish the match? Of course he fucking finished the match. He's fucking Mick Foley. He's also bringing a fire extinguisher to the ring, which he doesn't end up actually <laughs> using. And is it the funny. fucking shoot fire extinguisher from WrestleMania Who that knows? gave Jim Ross fucking an asthma attack? Who knows? <laughs> Either way fucking undertaker he's taped up i mean if they were actually you know planning fire yeah maybe they thought it would be best to bring a fire extinguisher of course makes sense all the sense in the world under under underwear taker he's not taped up he is taped up but my daughter thought i said he was kicked up thinking the undertaker's got a nice booty on him (laughs) which i feel undertaker probably does have a nice booty on him who knows he's the underwear taker <laughs> takes people's underwears away from them and wears oh it himself God. mankind at this point in his career he takes some pretty brutal fucking bombs like so brutal that it is kind of hard to watch some of his matches for the brutality because over the years as wrestling progressed and we learn more about concussions and cte and brain damage and all these things that happened they outlawed chair shots to the head headshots are no longer a thing in wrestling they're not allowed makes sense but in this time they're like fuck it it looks great on tv let's scramble their fucking brains so mankind was a guy that took an umpteenth amount of chair shots to the head and he took one of them in this match and man he got fucking mark mcguired on this one he took it right off the fucking cranium and it's hard to watch some of these chair shots because you know how much brain damage these guys are going to suffer from later years but thanks for the research that Chris Dawinsky has done on CTE and concussions to make sure that these guys live past 52 years old. <laughs> so he's taking brutal bumps. We get a distraction and Mankind hits Undertaker with the urn. Paul Bear distraction and it looked like very close almost three is a 2.9999. And I think Undertaker really earned that shot in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker's fucking taped up eye is off. Oh shit! Whoa. What's going he on with this? The bandage Whoa. off. Fuck! It was brutal. Like I was thinking that maybe like you know if this shit's all planned in advance, kind of thing. Like it wasn't gonna be actually what it was. Hey, like, babe, dude. They were just playing it up. No, that was like. 
I could never, I can never be a wrestler and like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to cut your forehead so it looks like you got beaten up or whatever. Like, no. You want scars no. all over your fucking forehead, dude, from blading after all these years? Fuck that shit. Take a look at Dusty Rhodes' forehead or Ric Flair's forehead. It's just nothing but scars there, man. Crazy That's shit. That's insane. Yep. That's wrestling, dude. Ew. Gnarly fucking burn on Undertaker's face. Oh, no his wonder. poor face. No wonder he's all taped up. Then we get the aforementioned referee bump, like every match. Of course. <laughs> every important match has the good old referee bump. Another referee actually comes in. And then disappears. Well, Mankind fucking gets the mandible claw on Undertaker, and then a new ref comes in, and Mankind gives the mandible claw to the other referee. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes out of the ring, and there's still no fucking referee in the match. No. So so this poor referee takes the fucking mandible claw, is on the outside. Mankind goes to the outside, grabs the stairs, throws it in the ring. Awkwardly, that is. Yeah, that was pretty awkward. Yeah. And they kind of go back and forth, and Undertaker boots the fucking stairs back into Mankind's face. And they're kind of going back, back and forth. Here we go. Fucking Mankind gets caught up in the ropes, much like he did when he lost his ear in Germany, mm. comes out of the ropes, and his mask for the first time comes off, and mm. we see Mankind in the raw, no mask, full face, disfigurement. We get Mankind maskless. Weird. He's a pretty good looking dude, isn't he? I didn't notice. <laughs> now he's on the fucking, and he took that brutal chair shot. Now he's on the apron. Undertaker, he's a house of fire. House of fire. Mm-hmm. He's got the stairs while Mankind is on the apron. Nails Mick in the face with the stairs. And Mankind goes flying. Into the table. Goes- but legitimately into the table. <laughs> he literally, his head Bust through the table. It like literally made this hole in the table with his head imprint in it. Like that's the only part of the table that broke in the middle with his head right through it. Well, and his body went in too and it caved in more, but you could see like whole fox literally nuts. And he was like stuck there. He's caved into the fucking table. (laughs) It was pretty funny. And it was a pretty unreal bump to take. Like he really took that hard. He went head first right in that fucking thing. And again, like I said, there's obviously like equipment on there too. Yeah, that's the thing. There's the TV monitors. There's the fucking all sorts of shit. Mics, all that stuff so he like i said fucking mankind <laughs> just takes absolutely ridiculous bumps sometimes he takes the most ridiculous bumps in wrestling history but i digress on that one okay he likes pain He's he told us. loves pain and yes. he enjoys it so much that he takes this ridiculous fucking head first dive into and and not the english table not the french table <laughs> The Spanish table. The Spanish table. Of course. <laughs> Back in the ring, he gets in there. Choke slam kicks out of two again. So he's got some fucking sugar coats in his testes. He's got sugar-coated testes. And it's not a new breakfast cereal. That sounds disgusting. 
<laughs> and an Undertaker with the tombstone and a big win for the WWF champ retains his title. Mm-hmm. And then we have post-match shenanigans. Of course we do. What happened with this post-match shenanigans and tomfoolery here, babe? Well, fucking Undertaker's like, ooh, I'm going to beat the shit out of a white piece of dog shit. Makes sense. He deserves it. Y'all. Fucking Mankind is trying to light this paper on fire. He's got a lighter and he's trying and he's struggling. He can't get it. He can't get it. (laughs) And Undertaker's just like, fuck off, grabs the shit and like lights it on fire and fucking gets fucking white piece of dog shit in the face. In the fucking face, dude. Holy fuck. I've heard an interview with Mick Foley about this saying that he just could not light this fucking lighter to save his life. I guess his thumbs, they're just the adrenaline and the whole thing. The match after being tired, he just couldn't get it going. And so (laughs) basically it was supposed to be where he accidentally sets Paul Bear on fire with the lighter and the flash paper, but couldn't get it going tried twice and couldn't do it so undertaker's like fuck this and punches him in the face takes the lighter and Mm -hmm. sets fucking paul bear on fire it makes sense that undertaker does it sure it's payback he's fighting fire with fire it's literal payback versus if mankind were to do it it yeah it makes sense in just accidentally going for undertaker yeah and but it just makes more sense that Undertaker did it. Sure. And now if they had done it, like if it had worked out that way, I would have been like, nah, that doesn't feel right. Sure. And it looked very awkward when it happened. But either way, Undertaker gets the I job mean, done. It was awkward, but you know. He lit him on fucking fire, just like you predicted months ago. Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> so where do we go here with this Undertaker, Mankind, Paul Bear? Like, Paul Bear show up on TV anymore? Does he die? Does he die? <laughs> Is he all fucking burned up? He's, like, disfigured beyond belief. He'll get even uglier. Could get even uglier Maybe at this point. Maybe he'll get prettier. I uh, highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he got surgery, dude. Brett Stone Cold, main event. Bulldog and Owen are coming down to the ring with Bret Hart. <laughs> and my grandpa's like, fuck no, bitches. Get the fuck back there. <laughs> Grandpa, don't play you, none of this. You ain't welcome. <laughs> Grandpa's not playing any of this mess. And he kicks out fucking Owen and Bully here. Not allowed. You go to the corner and you think about what you did earlier. <laughs> and you're not allowed to be in the corner of Bret the Hitman And he's Hart. literally like sitting there. Like he's got a chair. He's parked his ass. He's like yeah, he's, sitting guard. He's making sure that nobody is showing up especially owen and tassel boots austin hitting the l2 or the analog stick on his n64 controller over and over again and spamming the brett hart taunt after he throws him out of the ring he's <laughs> just punking out brett doing his fucking taunt which is hilarious <laughs> but the crux of this match is is that because austin got jumped earlier they hurt his knee Mm -hmm. so what does bret hart do in this match what does bret hart do in every single match ever he goes after the leg and the knee and most the match for most wrestlers too but it's not just stone cold at this oh yeah he did the sid he did Shawn michaels does it the undertaker he does it to diesel but when you think about it that's pretty good strategy. If a guy is bigger than you, I don't think 
Austin is much bigger, if at all bigger than Brett, but they're, they're around the same size. But when it comes to like the undertaker or diesel or somebody way bigger than Brett or Sid totally makes sense that he would chop down the tree and take their legs out. But because he does it so much, he just does it to everybody. That's his thing, dude. He just fucking goes after the leg, but effective strategy nonetheless take the legs out he can't even walk and it got to the point where he was working the knee so well austin was selling that fucking knee like no tomorrow like brett would whip him into the turnbuckle and austin wouldn't even make it there because Mm -hmm. he couldn't even fucking walk because his knee was all fucked up oh so you know that my, my grandpa yeah his first name is robert not robert Peter. robert morella yeah yeah it would have yeah. made more sense if it was peter yeah gorilla monsoon yeah peter robert cosker that would have been you know yeah peter cosker robert morella yeah and then same same <laughs> and then also uh gorilla's son joey morella was a referee in wwf as well interesting yes Interesting facts here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation. I knew you'd forgot you'd forget to look it up if I didn't do it right now. So you just did it yourself. Thank you, babe. Austin's selling his leg amazingly. They're going Mm -hmm. back and forth. But then Austin, another big part of this match, and although obviously this match is not as good as the WrestleMania match, but it wasn't booked to be like that. It wasn't booked to be better than that match. It was It was supposed to be before the Undertaker Mankind. Exactly. But this was supposed to be just this grudge match between Austin and Brett. They're just in it for a fight, and they're going to go at it, and Brett just took out the leg. But he takes Austin's knee brace off in this match, and it That comes back to bite him in the ass later on. Totally comes back to bite him, where he's going for the shark. He should have tossed it out the ring. You would have thought, not put it in the corner. Oh, maybe Austin won't grab it there. It ends up making its way back into the middle of the ring. He goes for the sharpshooter, and while the referee isn't looking again, Austin nails Brett with the fucking metal knee brace in the head. And then he puts on the fucking sharpshooter. He's going to make Brett Hart tap out to his own fucking move. Fuck yeah, he is. But then fucking who calms down? Okay, so where was my grandpa in this part? Yeah, right? What the fuck happened, Grandpa Cosker, what are you doing here? <laughs> Owen and Bulldog are down. I have to post a picture of yeah. this motherfucker and my grandpa. Yeah, to right? To show the how side similar, by side. Like, this is fucking eerie <laughs> how like similar they look. So Brett uh, is out of the sharpshooter and Austin gets off him just to kind of take out Owen and Bulldog. I guess your grandpa can't really do too much with both guys on opposite sides of the ring. He can only do so much. No, but it didn't even look like he was even there. Right, right. But either he way. He does make his way back. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, but like, was he taking a shit or something? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he was sitting at the, the stairs on a chair there. I don't know what the hell he was doing. But Austin kind of runs them off. Piss break, I don't know. <laughs> no, that was supposed to be for the double J rockabilly match. That's when you're supposed to take your fucking piss break. Yeah, right. That's when I took mine. <laughs> He's at me too, dude. But Austin runs off on a bulldog. Then he puts Brett back in the sharpshooter. It looks like Brett's done. He's in the middle of the ring. He's going to give up to his own fucking move again. Yeah. Bulldog out of nowhere with the chair. Nails. Stone cold from behind. Ding, ding, ding. It's a fucking disqualification. How many fucking fuck finishes, like disqualifications and count outs and fuck finishes? Most of them were like that. Undertaker's match was like the only one it felt like that was like a legitimate pinfall win. 
Yeah, but so was that other fucking match. Oh, Double J had yeah. a pinball win as well, too. But Brokeback no one cares Mountain about it. Yeah, Brokeback Mountain. Scissor bitch. So he gets the sharpshooter on, gets hit by Bulldog with the chair, and they're all in there going at it again. Eventually, the referees and your grandfather run <laughs> off Owen and Bulldog. Finally. And here we are. But Brett goes out, grabs the fucking ring bell, and it looks like he wants to cave in fucking Stone Cold's knee with this ring bell. But Austin, while he's sitting down, grabs the chair, nails Brett in his leg. Yeah. And starts fucking nailing Brett's leg. And goes ham. Kills his fucking leg. Kicks his leg out of his leg. Wow. Much like Owen Hart kicked Brett's leg out of his leg at Royal Rumble 1994. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course you don't, dude. And why should you? Austin now has fucking crippled brett and his leg is fucked up too much like his and we're setting the stage for the next episode of monday night raw is war the next night april 21st what is gonna happen with brett don't and know. austin don't know don't know hope austin wins beats the shit out of him yeah Guess makes well. him rat- makes him wish he never became a fucking wrestler. <laughs> Austin just fucking beats him so bad, he ends his career. That'd be amazing. Sure, you'd be okay with that. I would. What'd you think of this pay-per-view? It's all right. It wasn't bad. It was better than some things we've watched. Sure. I would definitely agree with that. Enjoyed it. White piece of dog shit got set on fire, so that was the highlight. <laughs> you got huge marks for that one, too. Fuck yeah, I do. You got Thonginator here. Yeah, but you no got thong. fucking Owen and Bulldog. No thong. You had jammy jams and on, man. <laughs> thong is best. And why the fuck was Tassel Boots in pants? Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. I have a bone to pick with this man right now. You have a boner to pick with this man right oh now. Oh my god! What's your grade? I hadn't thought of that. Mm. Give it to me by the end of the episode, dude. Because we got yeah, One Tree yeah. Hill to go over, brother. Two point seven five. Okay. Actually, no. White piece of dog shit got, got set on fire. Set 3. on 7. fire. 3.75. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. One Tree Hill, dude. Mm-hmm. We're in season two. Full force in fucking season two here. Yeah. So this is episode four of season two. You can't always get what you want brett hart (laughs) so funny (laughs) can't always get what you want brett it's so funny that this episode title lines up so well extremely well i don't get how we keep doing this I don't know either. Because we started naming these episodes before we even started recording the first Literally, episode. I reeled off like fucking 40 episode names that amalgamated wrestling with One Tree more Hill. More than that. Yeah. A little bit more than that because yeah. we did two whole seasons worth. So like 44 episodes worth. Yeah. yeah. And here we are in <laughs> the 26th episode that we're recording. Season two, episode four. You can't always get what you want, Bret Hart. We start off. And I made a prediction because after the last episode where Brooke was not able to pay for A, strippers, B, a limo, and going through insufficient funds in her bank account, what's going on here? I predict that we get the rich bitch goes poor storyline character arc 
where Brooke Davis is no longer wealthy. She's fucking poor as fuck. Mm -hmm. And now she's going to have to figure out a way to make money. And she's going to have to earn money because she's been handed it her entire life. I muchly enjoy a rich bitch goes poor arc. Of course you do. Because that's what you're you also get. not the biggest Brooke Davis fan yet. I am not. I don't mind her. At first, I hated her guts. Then I started to come a little more, you know, on her side. She did some nice things. She won me over a little bit. But still, at this point, she's rich bitch. And now she's fucking poor. You can't always get what <laughs> you off. want, Brooke Davis. Uh-huh. But she's got some weird fucking foreign dude. Swimming in her pool. Speaks Spanish, apparently, and only Spanish. Uh, yeah, I guess. Quotations. Is this uh, Team Jacob or Edward, or is this guy in fucking Twilight or some shit? He looks familiar. No. No? Um, but she's like, oh, it's the pool boy. Why is he swimming in the pool? And he's naked in the pool. This is not Taylor Lautner. No. That's too bad. If it was Taylor Lautner, believe me, I would like this character a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> What's he fucking doing in the pool? Does he even speak English? I don't know. Weird. Just want to go for a swim. I mean, Brooke breaks into other people's backyards and goes, goes in, their in their hot, hot tubs. tubs and shit. It's true. So why is she so upset that this dude's in her fucking pool? I mean, she woke him up or she woke him up. He woke her up. Right. With the splash. Okay. If I were woken up by someone splashing around in my pool that I didn't know. Yeah, I'd be pretty naked, pissed off. I'd be pretty fucking pissed off. Yeah, I grab my gun. You don't have a gun. How do you know that? Because I know you. I could probably shoot a gun better than you. Uh, I played hours and hours of Duck Hunt when I was a kid, okay? I know how to fucking shoot an <laughs> NES sapper better than anyone, okay? <laughs> I played hours of Crypt Killer and House of the Dead. Babe, my my grandfather, not... Not Gorilla Monsoon? Other grandfather? Another, my great-grandfather was a gun enthusiast. And one time when we were visiting on the island, he set up a target in his... In his apartment. Hang on. In his closet, in his apartment. And this is a senior's apartment complex. Okay. And he sets up this target, gets me to take off my glasses. I'm blind as a fucking Why would you take off your glasses? He got me to. Why? He told me to. It was my grandpa. I looked up to this man so much. And he hands me... A gun. A loaded gun. How old are you? Like 11. Oh my God. 10 or 11. Quite the role model. And he hands me this gun (laughs) and gets me face towards the target across the room and gets me to fire five shots. Did you hit the target? All five shots. Whoa. Fairly close to center too. On like the target thing, I hit like the silhouette, like body every fucking time. So don't you come at me. (laughs) Yeah, but how many ducks have you killed in duck hunt, brother? Dude, I was pretty fucking good at the game. Yeah. 
We'll have to have a shooting contest one day here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast, dude. Okay. All of our fans are now going to be like, damn, Aaron's a fucking badass. <laughs> shooting up fucking you know apartment funny. buildings when she's 11 years old. I no longer have it anymore because I sold it for tuition money because education to me was more important back in the day. Education that you don't even use anymore. <laughs> no. Um, but that same gun that I shot that target with was given to me for my birthday. Mm. I was given a box for my 12th birthday that was handmade for me by my grandfather. And it had a little like cushioned, like outline spot to forward the gun and like the magazine for it. And he was going to give it to me when I graduated high school. Hmm. And then I sold it for tuition money. Nice. My brothers still have their guns, though. Mm, I got a gold watch for my uh, graduation that I still have. Nice. Yeah, it's very nice. This is my grandfather's watch. Because I wasn't fucking shooting up apartment buildings when I was 11 (laughs) years old, dude. (laughs) Fucking Haley and Nathan here. They're looking for cars. Apparently. So Haley's writing a song. Speaking of shooting up people... Haley's writing this song and the lyrics and stuff, it's it's seeming very dark. And Nathan's sitting there eating breakfast, getting ready to go to work or whatever. And he's like, you planning to kill me or writing a song? And she's like, officially writing a song, but unofficially, I'd watch your back. <laughs> Sounds like she's killing cats with this song. I don't know, dude. Oh I don't know what's God. going on here. But yeah, apparently they need a car because obviously he sold his last one. And he's just taking the fucking bus to scott motors so they need a car which makes sense gotta get to and from work and that's the thing too like maybe they live close enough that Haley walks to the cafe or whatever but still like it's it's nice to have a car especially if you're getting groceries have some wheels yeah absolutely dan is sitting at the scott Households, and he's so fucking high on codeine that he wants fucking lawn gnomes. Apparently, he's depressed. <laughs> he is struggling. He can't get his ass off his chair to go for a walk or something, and he's buying lawn gnomes because the lawn is looking a little bare. Maybe they'll cheer him up. <laughs> he wants something to smile about. He needs to find his smile. Oh, because he <laughs> lost it. Maybe it's in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> uh, hold on here a second, brother. Did you just reference wrestling in the One Tree Hill part of this episode? <laughs> Apparently I did. Oh, my God. Chalk it up. <laughs> Sean, 2,712. Aaron, one. <laughs> Aaron has officially referenced <laughs> wrestling when she wasn't prompted to, that is one for the record books here on Tree Hill <laughs> Wrestling Federation it podcast. It just fit, okay? <laughs> I mean, Dan does really tell you a lie a lot, doesn't he? Oh my God, of course he does. <laughs> Peyton has this great idea and she wants to go to 
Karen about it and see if it is a good idea. For I have one. this great idea. Let's go to a bar with underage people and let's see if we can get underage people in this bar and maybe I can make more fake IDs with Brooke's fake ID machine. No, she wants a bar to agree to an all ages night or like at least... She wants like some band manager or something to agree because that's the first thing is get people there. Yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> legally, bars cannot let all ages in. So why would she go to a bar? Legally, they can't do it. A hall, a warehouse, some sort of venue would work better as opposed to just a bar. The nice thing, though, in this is Karen believes in Peyton. She believes she can make it work. And I feel like this might spark some ideas in Karen. Sure. It's kind of genius. I mean, yeah, like halls and stuff for music and all ages. But, you know, it's just it's cool to have like a good spot to go that. You know, if you are of age to drink, you can drink. But if you're not, you know, it's it's a good idea. And Peyton really feels like it could work. Good idea. But just the execution here at the beginning is not the greatest. Not a good way to get the the whole idea moving here. So that she's got to go the right channels to be able to do this. Yes. And she does go through that. She just needs... A little motivation boost from Karen. And she trusts Karen. And she's also talking about, oh, I'm really sad that you and my dad didn't work out. But, you know. Yeah. What happened to fucking Dredger Drose here? Is he just off in Dredger land, like doing whatever? Like we don't see him anymore? Don't know. You'll have to wait and see. The, the new actor comes in or some shit, doesn't he? He got, got know, hotter a too. facelift. <laughs> A nose job. That's no, what he's doing on this boat. He's no. fucking getting a facelift and a nose job. He literally, they have a totally different actor. You're not being introduced to him yet. Okay. But. Yeah, you've alluded to him not being the, the same which actor. I found out why they didn't like the first actor. Can I guess why? Why? Contract dispute? No. Really? The creator of the show... Who's a piece of shit. Yes, absolute piece of shit. Felt like um, his relationship with his daughter was too flirtatious. I didn't get that at all. He loves his daughter. He loves his daughter. He's a jokester. Yeah. He's funny. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there flirtatious was nothing about flirtatious there. about that. This is just the show creator just being a creepy just being piece a of shit. Just being a fucking asshole. Wow. God yeah. damn. This fucking guy. As I much know. as we love this show, man, this guy's a fucking cocksucker. I know. Piece of shit. I know. Awful. Terrible. But much yes. like Vince McMahon. Amalgamation. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... Nathan is talking to a cardboard cutout of Dan. 
<laughs> okay. How many cardboard There's cutouts? There's two. You could literally see two on the screen. There's two there, but we've seen another one because these two are with Dan in overalls. I know. But there's another one where he's in a suit. So how many fucking cardboard cutouts that they have of dan at this fucking place but i love how nathan's like leaning up to the one and there's another one in the background so great and that's the thing even when dan full of himself is dan even when dan's not there dan's still there and multiplications of fucking dan as well i just love how nathan's like talking to like the cardboard cutout and then keith's like at least the cardboard one's He's polite. like this is the best fucking conversation i've ever had with dad because he doesn't say anything back oh thank <laughs> god uh nathan talks to keith about you know i don't know anything about cars and keith's like don't say that out loud motherfucker yeah this is um, a fucking nepo hire quite obviously so don't say that <laughs> So he's like, you know, can you help me? Haley and I want to look or I want to look at a car because we need one. If it's, you know, just let me know if it's good or not. So Keith agrees. And it's nice for Keith to have his nephew, like the other nephew that he hasn't spent much time with asking for help and wanting to spend that time with him. Absolutely. That's pretty cool pretty strained relationship over the years it's nice to see them have something in common working together working on a car together and it's it's only been strained because of fucking dan well dan's pissed about how nathan's working at his own dealership without his permission and lucas kind of well lucas drops the bomb on him that because lucas has been fucking hanging out with dan chilling we're not there yet bro we're not there yet, bro. We're not there yet, bro. So Deb is talking to Keith. Keith drops by the house and is telling him about Dan's depression. Or no, they're at the cafe. They're at the cafe. Lucas, Obviously not important. <laughs> hang on. Lucas was in the back. So Lucas wasn't actually a part of this conversation. He was going to head for school. And then he hears Deb saying this to Keith. Overhears it. Now, Nath, or Lucas goes to see Dan. And Dan's still doing his depressed, pissy-ass shit. And he's, like, doing a crossword or something. And Lucas is like, doing hey, a, man. He's doing a Sudoku. Let's let's go. You wanted to work out. Let's go. Let's go for a walk. And Dan's like, not today. And Lucas is like, it's now or never. So finally, they go for their walk. Dan's trying to be a little competitive. Whatever. Asking, how's my son? And Lucas drops the bomb. Oh, he's working at the dealership now. And Dan's fucking pissed. Yep. He ends the walk right then and there. And Lucas is like, can I at least walk you back to the house? And he's like, no, go to school. I mean, he's not impressed about Nathan joining the nation of emancipation. So obviously he doesn't want Nathan to be working at his own fucking company. No. Because I want to help Dan's, him out in any way. Well, that's the thing. Dan wants them to struggle with money. Yeah. He'd rather him be working at Hot and Twisted (laughs) or not working at all. Exactly. And then the marriage fails or whatever. So we get introduced to yet another new character. We've already gotten introduced to this weird fucking douchey 
fucking pool guy. But now we get introduced to someone else. So Karen is having her first class. And she goes and sits down. And this good-looking, might I add, guy comes and sits down next to her and is like, oh, you're in this guy's class? Oh, he's tough. I heard he shot a guy and like all this shit. And he tells this story and she's like, really? And he's like, no, I don't know if that's true or not. And then he's like, well, good luck. Gets up. He's the fucking teacher. Goes to the fucking front of the class and he's the actual fucking teacher. But he picked Karen out, out of everybody. Yeah. And he's this business teacher and business ethics teacher, whatever. And he starts doing this lesson how he made 50 million greed. fucking dollars and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then yeah. talking about you can't run a business without greed. And Karen disagrees. And she gives her little spiel. Like, if you run a good, good business, have good product that's well-priced, people will come back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? She's right. Everyone fails and gets an F except for Karen. Mm-hmm. Hmm, so right off the hop, we get introduced to this new character named Andy Hargrove. Yep. He's the teacher, and he's a little sweet on Karen. You can tell right off the hop. Don't know where this goes. eyes for her. But he's got eyes for the Karen haircut, which I don't know why he would. Brooke is pulling into the school parking lot, going to park her sweet little... Beetle. Punch buggy. Silver punch buggy, no take backs. It's blue. It's blue? It's blue. It's baby blue. Weird. Okay. And remember when I was uh, doing Skip that one day and I saw a baby blue convertible punch buggy and I took a picture of it and sent it to you and was like, Hey, where's Brooke Davis? Hey, it's Brooke Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Anyway, so she goes to pull into the spot and this BMW cuts her off, almost hits Lucas and steals the spot and she's all pissed gets out of her car make sure lucas is okay storms over it's the fucking pool boy damn it's the fucking douchebag neighbor and we find out his name his name is felix and he does in fact speak english yeah very well too and he's making all these fucking comments about oh you're the neighbor we're it's inevitable we're gonna hook up and she's like, in your fucking dreams, pal. He's such an ass. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Total douchebag. And now, for some reason, we're four episodes into the season, and we're already getting two new characters introduced to us. And I'm not sure how I feel about it right now. I don't know. I'm conflicted, much like you're conflicted about Tassel Boots and Cutie Patootie Heart teaming up with brett so i don't know how to feel about these characters yet i understand what they're trying to do with them and one's a douchebag one is sweet one on is karen. a sweet fucking karen lover who is a fucking businessman so i mean honestly i understand it's the, the beginnings of the character and they're going to eventually develop them but where to is the question and i don't know and they don't really do much to really endear me to them yet so now Dan wants Keith to fire Nathan. And Keith's like, well, I'm running the dealership while you're, you know, home, stuck. So I'm the law. It's my call. 
I'm not firing him. Dan's obviously pissed. Felix is befriending Mouth. Why Mouth is going to hang out with this motherfucker, I don't know. Mouth's pretty impressionable. He'll kind of hang out with with whoever he thinks is cool. Yeah. Even if they're not cool at all. Not cool at all. Yeah. And Felix somehow knows about the love triangle between Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke. The Madison Triangle Garden that they have going on. He also tried to hit up Haley. Yeah. And was like, oh, hey. And she's like, uh, married. Yeah, shows off the ring. And Nathan's right there, too. Yeah. Right behind her. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, the girls, they're like, Haley and Peyton are like, hey, he is hot. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're even doing like a shopping thing later on too. And they're saying that like to Brooke. But <sighs> Brooke is just not having it with this guy. She's pissed. Yep. Nathan, instead of going and buying this car, apparently him and Keith looked at it. The car is no good. Instead of taking that money and saving it for a different car. He goes and buys Haley a keyboard instead. It's a beautiful gift. It is. It comes from the heart. He wants her to work on her music. But Haley's pissed because they really need a car. They've saved their money for this. Why didn't you just get what we needed? I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe if he buys this keyboard for her, she gets really good and becomes a huge famous musician and goes on tour. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe. Get out of here. (laughs) So he's like, I did it for you. And she's like, well, this isn't the right call right now. I can't keep this, dude. We're on fucking food stamps here, dude. Yeah. (laughs) We can't afford not having a car and having a fucking keyboard. Yep. You need to get to work somehow. So when the girls are trying on outfits Peyton's more so trying on outfits to win over these record execs whatever for these fucking all ages club nights and she makes the quip to Brooke that Felix is Brooke in in pants as a dude (laughs) which douchey rich piece of shit can you kind of see it 100% douchey rich piece of shit conceited cocky arrogant douchey rich piece of shit now here's a question for you okay do you think that this douchey rich piece of shit is going to kind of turn brooke into a better person by just being the asshole he is Uh, or do you think she'll get worse i mean it depends i feel if she's like with him she'll kind of like play off how he's like which is a douchey rich piece of shit uh but i don't know she's having money trouble so i feel like it's gonna change her a little bit honestly don't know and don't care yet (laughs) honestly this episode really is not winning me over right now with these two added characters and kind of what they're doing right now thinking back to season one I don't think there's many episodes in that season that I liked less than this. Mm. And although my ratings have probably been lower than the one I'm going to get for this one, this could be one of my least liked 
episodes of the show so far. And I like the show. Don't get me wrong. I've watched a season and a bit of it, and I enjoy it. But like you said, season two, it feels like it's on a bit of a downturn here because they had so much drama and amazing stuff going on. Where do you go from there? You got a fucking South of Heaven it. You had Rain and Blood in 86. You can't have another Rain and Blood in 88, so you got to slow it down. You got to release the South of Heaven. It can't be super fucking fast, crazy double bass, fucking in-your-face metal. You got to slow it down. You can't match the intensity of 1986's Rain and Blood by Slayer. Anyways, metal tangent, continue. Uh, Now at this point, Karen is getting coffee at a stand um, by the harbor. And Andy sneaks up on her. She's getting coffee at a stand, not from her. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost there. I I promised to get Aaron to burp on record on the podcast. And we're already halfway there and we've done a sneeze. I sneezed before. Not on on camera. (laughs) I didn't say on camera. It's on a record. (laughs) On record. Anyways. So... I guess because they're close to the or they're at the campus or something. This might be the coffee place closest to the campus because so it looks like it was maybe like right after class. She's cheating on her own fucking cafe. Oh, whatever. Fucking- you, so you got to try the competition to see if your product's better. Business one on one. OK, so <laughs> Karen has now Googled Andy. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the days of Ask Jeeves, dude. (laughs) Google. (laughs) This is Yahoo. This is fucking Yahoo days, man. This is fucking AOL. What's this Google shit we're talking about? What is this? Google, bro. It's 2004, dude. What the fuck is Google? Google is pretty new. Yeah. When did Google start? I don't know. Google it. (laughs) (laughs) I got to Google Google? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> do it i'll uh chat gpt it <laughs> <laughs> so peyton is going for her meeting and this guy is denying her like no i don't do all all ages shit my bands won't do it and this band comes in and they were rehearsing or whatever and they're just being dicks to each other and then she goes off and is like i remember the first night you guys played And she does this whole tangent of like, this is why you guys work. It's the chemistry. And, you know, they're like, ah, this cool. This chick's cool. And even the guy, he's like, yeah, okay. She she knows a little bit. What? Okay. According to the information I found, Google was officially launched in 1998 by Larry Page and Sergey Brin to market Google search which has become the most used web-based search engine. They were both PhD students at Stanford University in California, and they developed a search algorithm as first known as Backrub in 1996 with the help of Scott Hassan and Alan Sterenberg. The name Google is a misspelling of Google, G-O-O-G-O-L, the number one followed by 100 zeros, which was picked to signify that the search engine was intended to provide large quantities of information. Hmm. The first Google computer at Stanford was housed in custom-made enclosures constructed from Lego. 
What the fuck? <laughs> I just Googled Google, brother. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Peyton's a cokehead now. So this record exec, whatever guy, he's like band manager. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to like win over the band. You got to buy them their booze, their drugs. And she's like, what, drugs? And then he cuts a couple lines. Yeah, fucking do a fucking line with me off this hooker's ass. Oh, my God, it was a mirror. This is your (laughs) shot, kid. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. And you don't see her do anything. She's not going to take the bump. She's not that kind of person. I guarantee you she's not taking the bump. But, yeah, it's kind of an iffy thing there, right? Yeah. That maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. Brooke's family is broke. We've been over this. But now she's revealing it. Yeah, she's poor. She's fucking poor, dude. And she's upset. And she asks her, oh, how did the thing go with the band manager guy? And she's like, oh, it's not going to work out. You know, I'm a cokehead now. Okay, whatever. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dan is polishing this car, a Corvette, whatever. And Lucas goes to pick it up like he was asked to do. Or, no, he was going to... He has see, to bring it back to the no, dealership that was, that or whatever. No, that was Nathan that had to do that. Lucas had to go over, and he was just going to see how things were with Dan. And sure. if he would maybe talk to him or whatever. And Dan is like, I got a hey, product test. We need yeah. to product test this. I can't drive right now. Can you drive it for me? So they go for a little cruise. And Lucas is getting Dan to open up a bit about his music taste from he, when he was younger. Oh, this is plucking a few power chords on my heartstrings because apparently Dan Scott was a fucking metalhead back in the day and he listened to Metallica, Guns N' Roses, which is not metal, and Aerosmith, which is not metal. Oh my God. Anyways, he was a self-proclaimed metalhead who wore fucking spandex. And had long hair. And had long hair. But out of the three bands that he mentioned, only one was actually metal. But anyways, they're having hearts in the right place. They're having this nice like conversation, like a really interesting bonding moment. But then fucking Felix pulls up in his BMW. Oh, yeah. And he's being a fucking asshole and wants to race. Mm-hmm. And Dan's like, you gonna take that shit, Lucas? You gonna take that shit from this piece of fucking human garbage douchebag yeah. fucking rich boy? You take this shit? No. You're gonna get your fucking flip-flops and you're gonna floor it. <laughs> flip-flops, I love it. He flip-flop floored it. <laughs> and we're almost getting in another fucking car accident here, dude. Felix decides to play chicken. Yeah. Lucas and Dan were on the correct side of the road here. Felix was not. Not if we were in England, though. No. And Felix just like, he's not moving over. There's a fucking Mack truck coming towards you, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. Move the fuck over. If you were Lucas in this position, what would you do? Because I know I would just keep driving and let fucking Felix crash into a fucking truck. Of course you would. I would slam on my fucking brakes. I would absolutely not. I'd keep driving and let him kill himself because that's what you get. Because you don't always get what you want. You get to be a fucking fly on a windshield of a Mack truck if you're a rich, douchey piece of shit. Oh, my God. 
Anyways, Felix is like, chicken's not for everyone. And then Dan's like, when you're ready to trade up your ride, come on down to Dan's Got Motors. (laughs) Yes. But Lucas was going to reveal that Dan was his dad. And then Dan kind of like noticed and then was like, kind of saved him from that moment. Scott Motors. Just like Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration. But in that moment, I think it was really cool because Dan could tell that Lucas was conflicted on what to say. And instead of being like, oh, yeah, I'm his father. And, you know, rubbing that in, he kind of like this was one moment where I was like, OK, Dan, that was nice of you. Yeah. Mm. He has some endearing moments from time to time. And then he breaks it, And then he breaks his own window. But then... um, yeah, Brooke. She's kleptomaniac now. She's poor and she has to steal everything she's ever wanted at a store as opposed to buying it. So when the girls were all at this store called Endless Dreams, this is the store that they always go to. We are just revealed what the store's name was. Um, she had noticed this beautiful blue bra with like white lace on it. It was so pretty. So I get why she was like, like all oh, this bra, like totally get that because I'm the same way. Um, <laughs> and so she goes back to the store. She's poor. She can't afford this bra now. And she puts it in her purse and goes to walk out. Well, of course, it has one of those little tags mm-hmm. on it. Beep, beep, beep. Excuse me. I need to check your bag. Well, they know, Brooke. There's only 47 people in Tree Hill. She shops here all the fucking time. They would That's know the who she is. She even like this was the place where they went for Haley's bachelorette or bridal shower or whatever mm-hmm. and got all those yeah. clothes. And she even set up Haley and fucking Nathan on their first date to go to fucking uh, this place, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you'd think that repeat customer. They only have eight customers. Eight customers. Fuck off. <laughs> Anyways, Felix was creeping in the background. He's a stalker at this point. Yeah, how did he know that she was here? He stalked her. I guess. Clearly. And Brooke is kind of like, oh, no, what do I do? Like, she's so scared of what's going to happen. And he's like, oh, it's just my girlfriend. She's nervous at this stuff. She wanted to bring it out to show it to me. And anyways, he's like, yeah, I'll take it. And she runs off. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He saves her. He saved her, though. Yeah. And got her the bra. I would go if I were her. If I were her, I would take that bra right back and return it and get the and get the money back. <laughs> Fucking right. Dude. But she really wanted the bra. So I get it. And he's like, oh, I plan on seeing you in that later. Now, Dan is kind of back to his own old tricks. Mm, They had fun. They're back at the house. And Lucas is like, wow, that's a hell of a car. That was so cool. Dad. And Dan's like, you want it? (laughs) Yeah. And Lucas is like, what are you doing? You can't buy me. Like, this isn't the way it works. Because Dan's already tried to do that shit with Nathan. Yep. And then Nathan shows up. Nathan shows up after the fact, yes, because he needs to take the car back to the dealership. And Dan tries to play a little nice with Nathan here just because tries. Lucas got pissed off at him. And he asks, oh, how's your how's your sweet, wonderful wife, Haley? And Nathan claps back, better than yours. <laughs> Snap. 
Nathan is at the, uh, oh God, the garage with Keith and getting Keith to teach him a few things about cars, like spark plugs, whatever, or the battery connection. And Keith is like, you know, like, I'm sorry that your marriage is kind of shitty right now because you bought this keyboard and Haley's pissed. Maybe I can save your marriage. This car, he was going to sell it for scrap. But he has this great idea that maybe him and Nathan can work on it together. Mm -hmm. And then Nathan can have the car. Yeah. What a I sweet love guy Keith is. how Keith is like leaning on the fender and the fender totally falls off. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> eh, it's a bit of a fixer upper. We can fix that. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> and so finally, after all this soul searching and clubs and doing coke with band managers, oh, God. <laughs> Peyton finally figures out what she could do with this all ages show. Well, and that's the thing. So Karen invites Peyton to the warehouse where they had the party for Nathan and Haley, their little reception. She's like, you guys did such a good job here. And, you know, I and earlier on, she was talking to Andy and saying that, you know, she has ideas for a business like expansion. And she's now talked with Deb about this expansion. She always wanted to put in a bar at the cafe. She wanted to make it bigger, whatever. Now, she has this bright idea that maybe she can buy this warehouse and turn it into a club where Peyton can have her all-ages nights. Right. So I knew, I told you, that warehouse was going to come back yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. Now, Andy goes and pays Karen a visit at her, her cafe, at her coffee. Wow. At her coffee. You can tell it's late and I'm tired. And Andy just waltzes in and offers $1,000 for a cup of coffee. And that'd probably be half price day at Starbucks. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, you know what? Uh, Starbucks actually just released a new drink. Did you hear about this? No, no, legit. Okay. Starbucks just released a new drink. It's their cheapest drink on the menu. I can't believe they've done this. It only costs two dollars and seventy five cents. Okay. Ice water. <laughs> Fuck sakes. It's the cheapest drink on the menu. Actually, it's free. No, they charge two seventy five for it. No, they don't. Yeah, they do at Starbucks. I've a thousand dollar cup of coffee would be half price day at Starbucks. I've gotten a free ice water from Starbucks before. I I didn't mean two two dollars and seventy five cents. I mean two hundred seventy five dollars. Oh my god. Cheapest drink at Starbucks. <laughs> anyway. You think I I get the Starbucks notifications. I have the Starbucks app phone. too, dude. I, I get know. the notifications, dude. I would know about a new drink. I yeah. was like, uh, Ice water, no. $275 for a tall. Suck my dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Andy's sweet on Karen. Dan's an ass as always. Felix. New characters, new storylines, new arcs, new, new, new. And the next episode is going to be episode five. Because that's after four, dude. I know. And I had before to pull a you and before six. And state the obvious. 
and before <laughs> six as well too i love doing that i know you do love you do it. it all the fucking time i love dude. doing that <laughs> all the time because you know why i work with stupid people all day long and i always have to state the obvious <laughs> yeah same boat here dude yes Dollar sign 3.06, although if I look at my season one ratings, probably even lower than that. But I'm going to stick with the 3.06. I'm not liking where this season's going, dude. A few things I'm okay with, but then a few other things I'm just like, okay, where is this going? I don't know, man. Again, it is my least favorite season. There's definitely some things throughout the season that you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool or whatever. Like good stuff that does go on but storyline wise like for later on don't feel like i'm strapping in for an insane roller coaster ride like i did with the first season though you know three and four three and four so i gotta endure just like we had to endure the first few months of wwe and how shit it was for a lot of it and then finally we get to a point where it's gonna be pretty good going forward just like this, we got to endure season two, unfortunately, and get through all this bullshit before we can get to season three and four. Yes. Okay. I think I could do it. Yeah. I think so. You're going to have to. Yeah. It's part of the podcast, bro. It is, dude. I've already we... endured so much shit with wrestling. Fuck. And you will endure more shit going forward. Oh, boy. You'll love it. Porn stars and fucking actual pimps. You're going to love it, dude. Oh, my God. God, what and, the fuck? And vampires, too. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and naked people. <laughs> yeah, dude. You won't really get naked people till we start watching Sex in the City, but you know. Okay, down with that. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> we are Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, and we choppy choppy your peepees here every single week, Monday. <laughs> Is at wrong 10 a.m pacific standard time and you can listen to us chopping pps oh my god on all streaming services including spotify apple podcast i heart radio i don't heart radio i think radio is lame i don't listen <laughs> to radio anymore why would you heart radio oh my what? god Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, <laughs> Deezer, not Stitcher. Not Stitcher as per August 29th. Exactly. Yeah. At TreeHillWF.podcast on the TikToks and the Instagrams. And we're also, on, we're also on threads too. We are on threads. I haven't really, I've done like one threads post. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of tough because I'm signed in. Like, here's my beef with threads right now. Instagram. If I just want to change my profile, I double tap that little profile spot and it switches instantly. Threads, you have to sign out. Oh, and then sign sign back in. in. But every time I want to sign into my own threads, I have to approve the sign in. Oh, that's stupid. And it's annoying. Get Get on it, Zuckerberg. I know. I'm like, this is my only beef. Who would win this fucking uh, fight between Zuckerberg and uh, Elon Musk? Did you hear he's changed Twitter to X? Yeah, it's like X now or something. Some I don't fucking know. He also apparently there was somebody. (laughs) I mean, he yeah. He offered sixty nine million dollars to somebody who created an account on Twitter like years and years ago, and and the Twitter account was literally called X. And so he offered this money to this guy to have this account, I guess. 
and he just wants to change it. I don't know. Who would win in a fight between Zuckerberg and Elon Musk? I have no idea. Like Zuckerberg would. Zuckerberg was in like mixed martial arts like fucking tournaments and shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw him in his gi and everything. Like I think he would fuck up Elon Musk. He's a lot younger Hopefully. too. He's a lot younger too, so whatever 150 million people can't be wrong on the first five days of threads i mean the first day that fucking elon musk owned twitter i fucking everybody unfollowed and i unsubscribed deleted deleted. that shit so fucking fast because i was like fuck no i didn't even like twitter in the first place not a big it was not my thing i think i used it i think the last time i actually actively maybe used it was in like 2015 yeah deleted that shit so fast once he took over i use it for wrestling and wrestling only of course you do yes (laughs) of course and that's what we do. We amalgamate One Tree Hill and WWE on this podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening, subscribing, liking, and enjoying up this podcast like you do every week that it comes out. Mm-hmm. Wrestling out of context is the funniest shit in history. And as always, I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. And I bid you adieu. And I say bye, bitch. Rockabilly Woo <laughs> Yeah Yeah Rockabilly All night long Rockabilly Sing my song tonight Oh baby this song Such a handsome man